0: Welcome to New Freedom Church. Our mission is to be real people walking and experiencing real freedom. If you're new with us, please like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you get new content immediately when it's released. And we wanna thank those of you who have shared our videos because it helps us to reach even more people with the life-changing message that there is a savior who loves you and wants real, genuine freedom for you. And if you haven't done so already, go to newfc.org go to the connect tab and share with us how we can best connect with you and your family to serve your needs. Welcome back to part two of our series called Kingdom Praying Like Jesus. 2020 has been declared the year of prayer here at New Freedom Church and I just felt it appropriate in this season and this time for us to enter into a prayer series and we're going to look at the model prayer again this week. Like I told you last week, uh, this may say in your Bible the Lord's Prayer, but actually, this was the disciples' prayer. This was the prayer that Jesus gave to them when they asked Him to teach them how to pray. And We are one week into our 21 days of fall prayer. We've been praying this entire week. If you uh, haven't had the opportunity to do so, you can go onto our webpage at newfc.org or you can go out to our YouTube page or even our Facebook and you can see the prayers that have been recorded for this week. You just click on that little icon. It'll bring up a, a short video of a prayer. Most of them are less than a minute long. But it's so powerful to gather together around prayer. And so I want to continue to encourage you to pray during this season and uh, all the many things that are facing us as a people, us as a nation, and really around the world. Uh, this morning, I want to look at the second part of this, uh, this great prayer and uh, go right into Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. I'm going to read these verses and then uh, let's look at this prayer a little more in depth this morning. This is a response of Jesus to his disciples saying, Lord, John the Baptist's disciples know how to pray. Will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus said this, verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So the model prayer, this is a, a, a really challenging prayer to me because there are so many aspects of it. It starts off with the great reverence that we have for God. And I talked last week how uh, being able to call God our Father means we have been born again of His Spirit, means we have uh, accepted that perfect sacrifice which Jesus uh, paid for us at the cross. And the salvation call is to whosoever will. We know that not everybody accepts that or or enters into that call, but it's to whosoever will receive that. And so when we have been born again, now we get the privilege and the opportunity to address God as our Father, or Abba. They would say. And his name being hallowed means that it is holy, it is separate, it is other than common. God's name being precious, God's name being one that we walk under his mantle. And then the next part of the prayer goes into your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I think that this needs to be teased out a little bit into what was Jesus actually saying to his disciples? What were they receiving when they said this? Because uh, many times I think we get this notion that uh, when we pray for things of heaven. It's, it's after our death. It's in the afterlife. And we are going, uh, those who know Jesus are going to heaven when they die. That is a, a established Bible fact. But Jesus had something for his disciples to be longing for and looking at in the here and now. And what he was saying was the model of how things should operate and should be done on earth is established in what you have already read in the Old Testament, what you've seen God do in the past, but also what it is that is happening in the here and now in heaven. And, and I shared this with you last week. What is heaven? Heaven, the kingdom of heaven is where God reigns supreme. So the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God are used interchangeably in scripture, but it is where God has supreme rule and domain. And so what we're doing is we're trying to bring about his supreme rule and domain not only in our lives, but to bear in our world, our circle, our oikos. The question I think comes in is that what are we actually asking when we ask God for his kingdom to come. This is a petition that clearly tells us that heaven is not just a future reward, but it is a reality that we bring every time we mention, we talk about, we operate in the character and in the name of Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of that kingdom reality, and therefore when we operate in his character, his name, and his will, then we are hallowing his name. In The first century context they were under roman oppression and so they were they were looking for a messiah to come and set up an earthly kingdom it was one that they were hoping for and longing for that would take all their political enemies out now how nice would that be If all of our political enemies were totally subjected to the rule and the reign of God. Now, we know that that has not happened. It hasn't happened in 20 centuries. And it's not likely to to happen tomorrow or with the next election. But what we can know is that for those who know Jesus and that his his rule and reign is supreme in their heart, then God is reigning in our life and in our world today. And it's manifest in, in a couple different realities. I think the first spiritual reality was at the cross, the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus secures our victory in a spiritual reality. It is that we have victory through the sacrificed lamb, through the resurrection of Christ. We have a spiritual reality, which is our victory. The earthly reality of this is through uh, Jesus' continuing ministry by the Holy Spirit. What did he tell us? He said, it is expedient. It's important that I go to the Father because if I don't go, then the Comforter can't come. But I'll send you another helper, he said, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, will come and he will teach you and train you and guide you in all things. And so this earthly reality of God's will and his action being done in our lives is felled out by the Spirit. Now, this is how primarily we hear from God. We, we we know his word and his will on the matter. But there is something else that activates when you have uh, come to this, this born again, this knowledge of the truth, this experience, is that now God's spirit speaks up on the inside of us. He will prompt us to do things or to not do things. We are guided and ruled by his spirit. And so this this Holy Spirit interaction that we have is how we communicate with God in the real here and now, in the, in the time that we live, that we can get into God's word for the truth. But how many have ever found that there is not an answer for every single question you have of God in this Bible. God will never tell you in here what career to choose. He'll never tell you who to marry. He'll never tell you where to live. If you're, if you're trying to find the geographic location of where you're to live and you open up the Bible, you won't find it in here. There are some questions that you have to look at God's word and say, okay, what is God's will in this matter? It's not specifically clear in here what job or career I'm supposed to choose. So I'm going to pray about it. I'm gonna be educated. I'm going to re- rest and rely on God's spirit to lead me and to guide me. And this is the part of the, the kingdom come uh, kind of prayer here in, this, in the second part. The ultimate reality and this is for the yet future, is that uh, at Jesus' second coming, there will be an a establishment of the kingdom of God that will be ultimate and final. We live in that in-between time, where it's an inaugurated kingdom at his, at his resurrection, and this time in between is that we're just waiting and longing for this promised hope. But if that's the truth, then how does this model prayer affect us in the meantime? What about right now? How does this affect us? So the way that this affects us is that when we pray this prayer, there is a a look two different ways. First of all, we get a glance as we look up to the Father. and We acknowledge Him as hallowed. We look up to God in prayer, and this is a vertical look. We look up, and we get a glimpse of how God sees things. You know, when God looks at this world, he sees the brokenness and he, he, he acknowledges that there is hurt and this was not how he intended it. But then as we go up and we look at how God really intends things to be, then we can look out to our world through the eyes of a healer and we become those healing, that, that, that community of healers, those healing people that bring God's will to bear in our world. And so, whether we're giving a glass of water to someone who is thirsty, we're opening the door for someone who can't do it, whether we're smiling and and bringing some joy to someone's life, whether we are serving in the food pantry, we're helping someone who has a need, whether we're just simply praying for someone that we can't fix their problem at all, whatever we are doing, we are trying to be an agent of God to bring healing to our world. So, the, 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 The look of this prayer is two ways. It is vertical and it is horizontal. Therefore, there is a symbol to the Lord's prayer and it is the symbol of a cross. When you see the Lord's prayer, have in your mind the shape of the kingdom power, which is the cross. Now, this is a little bit contradictory in terms to the world system because this is a symbol of suffering and shame. This was how that the Romans would disparage and mock and make fun of people who had to go to a criminal's cross. And yet, this symbol has become the symbol for the Christian faith. One of sacrifice, one of laying down our lives. Why? Because Jesus laid down his life for us, therefore we are going to lay down our lives for others. Being the year of prayer, there was a book that I got a hold of early in this year called Circle Maker. I'm going to share a little bit more with you about that book next week, but I gave a copy to a couple people on our team, and uh, one of those was Pastor Dennis. I gave him a copy of this book and uh he he began reading it in january and he happened to be on his uh southern mission for jesus when he was praying this prayer and i want pastor dennis to come and share with you how that this impacted him and the kingdom in his area
1: first of all i'd like to say that uh just because I know many of you think that when Pastor Joe or I pray that God hears us better than he hears you, and that's just not true. He hears every prayer. He will answer your prayers, and he will use you in a mighty way, if you will allow him to. If you'll allow him to. The result of what Pastor Joe is talking about is that my prayer started merely as a thought. I didn't get down on my knees and hands and knees. I didn't beg to God. I didn't cry out to God. I just had a thought that I shared with him. And that thought was this, if you'll allow me to be real. This thought was this. Lord, you know, I'm getting older. And am I really of any use? I really want to be of use to you. But... I'm getting to the point where my wife and I have be married 50 years and, and we want to do some things that we haven't done in our life, that we've put off because we've been serving people and serving you. And that's all I said. That resulted in a dream, a dream where I was in a church service. I was standing in this service and there were a row of people there and a pastor came down to a circle on the floor and said, anybody willing to step in this circle? Nobody would. So I go, yeah, I will. So I stepped in this circle. When I stepped in the circle, light came from somewhere and knocked me down. And I woke up from my dream. I remember asking Pastor Joe, I said, man, I had this really weird dream. Do you know what it means? No, I don't know. I asked uh, Bill Watson, Bill, you know what this dream means? No, I don't know what it means. But one thing's for sure, if it's from God, you'll find out. So fast forward, Pastor Joe gave me this book, The Circle Maker. And I started reading about praying circles, and he'll tell you more about it. So, Joy and I, we had this opportunity to go to uh, Florida and suffer for Jesus last winter. And, and, we, uh, and while we were there, we, of course, we got invited down to pastor a snowbird church there. So, we go down there, and as we were talking on our way down about this book, I said, you know, what we need to do, I think we need to, this park where we are, about 250 homes, we need to circle and walk this park every day and pray for the people in this park and for the Lord to be revealed to them and bring them to him. So we prayed this every day. Two and a half mile walk, we walked it sometimes twice a day. One day we went to the, down to the beach before church had started that next weekend. We walked out onto the beach and about 50 yards out on the beach we walk out and we come upon this circle in the sand, a circle made with seashells. It was a big circle. It was about 30 feet in diameter probably. And Joy and I look at each other like, hmm, hmm, I wonder what this is about. So we go on and, and uh, we continue walking the park. And that first Sunday that I, that I brought the word, that Sunday, I get up onto the pulpit I'm looking out over the people, and I look down on the floor in front of the pulpit area. Guess what was there? A circle on the floor. A circle. So God answered my thought by telling me, yes, this is where I want you to be, and there's work to be done here. And yes, you know, Dennis, you can enjoy your wife, and your family, and work for me at the same time. You can do it down here for a few months, a year. So by doing this, the the answer to these prayers, these are some of the things that will happen. I won't go into detail. First of all, the Lord grew the church by 28 families that weren't coming to church before in the park over a period of three months. It grew... It brought families back to church that had quit going to church and gave up on going to church because they were older and they didn't think they had anything to do yet in life. He did it. He accomplished me walking to church one morning and a gentleman coming out of his home and I talked to him and long story short, I didn't end up praying with him and leading to Jesus because he didn't know where he was going to go when he died. It came about of a Uh, 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 a lady who came back to church who had gotten mad at God and wasn't coming to church anymore because her mother and father who established this church in this park died tragically in a fire. And she was mad at God, hadn't been to church for 10 years because she was mad at him. She came back to church. And when she came back to church, the Lord showed her a vision of her parents standing up beside the pulpit. She never missed another Sunday. It resulted in uh, some people visiting from North Carolina that we had the feeling that uh, they, they were just visiting there for a week. And so we went uh, to visit them in their home, and the, one of the ladies happened to have cancer in her whole body. And so we laid hands on and prayed for her. I've talked to her last, just last week. The cancer is gone from her body. God, used, God touched her coming to the church. See, we never know how God's going to answer prayers, especially if we will make sure with our prayers, thy will be done. Not Dennis's will, not Joy's will, not Joe's will, but your will be done, Lord. When you pray that prayer, Things will happen. You better be ready because he's going to do things. One of the things is he's going to use you. So if you don't want him to use you, don't pray that prayer because he'll sure enough use you. See, prayer is the most important thing, that, in my opinion, that we do. And it doesn't have to be up here. It can be anywhere. Like I said, mine just started as just a thought. I didn't even say it out loud. Just a thought. But see, when you know the Lord, he knows your thoughts, and he hears your thoughts. He'll even answer those. Most prayers start, just as, start as heavenly thoughts, just heavenly thoughts. So I just want to encourage you during these uh, 21 days and every day to, to honestly pray every day something. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be great, magnificent, magnificent words. It can be very very simple. Anything from long prayers to "Lord, help me." I need your help today. I'm just going to make it today if I don't have your help. That's a prayer that most of us might pray just about pretty regularly, because if we're honest, we need His help. So during this time of prayer and as we're talking, and Pastor Joe's bringing this word, he asked me to share that story with you. And if you'd like more details about it, I'd be glad to tell you because there's all kinds of stories of things that happened uh, because of praying a circle around the people in that particular park. And I'm excited. I can't wait to go back because I can't wait to see what he's going to do this year. The things he did last year, I can't even imagine what's going to happen now as we go back. And so... I just want to encourage you, and I hope that story encourages you to pray, you know, and it's not, it's not the fact that you pray circles around something, what you do is you surround people in, in events in prayer and your needs and the needs of others in prayer, so I encourage you to do that.
0: Thank you, Pastor Dennis, uh, for that testimony. You know, this model prayer really does form a complete circle. It starts with glorifying and honoring God, and it ends with giving the praise and the power to Him, Him alone. And uh, New Testament theologian N.T. Wright said this, if we really want God's kingdom to come to earth, we should, of course, expect that the earth in question will include, it's not only, but it will include this earth, this clay, This physical body. Where were were we made from? We were made from the dust of the earth. And so when we're praying for God's kingdom to come, there is in this prayer, I believe, a real aspect of physical touch on our lives, physical healing. And I think that in Jesus' ministry, if you watch how that he demonstrated For his disciples what it looked like to to manifest God's kingdom many times this happened through the healing that he would touch someone's life and he would heal them of course we know the greatest healing is the spiritual healing when someone comes to know Jesus that is the best healing that is the ultimate but beyond that there is also a very real aspect of physical healing that is available and that is talked about so often in scripture I want you to look at Matthew chapter 8 There are just a few verses here, and it says that when he had come down from the mountain, a great multitude followed Jesus. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him and saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Now, this is an example of, of the life of Christ where for a momentary breakthrough, heaven invaded earth. There was a moment where this man was walking around in a very physical, constraining uh, way in his body. He was outcast as a leper. In first century terms, a leper was not something that you wanted to have. You don't want to have leprosy. Uh, it, it, was, it was a contagious disease, but they didn't know how contagious that it was. Turns out it's not as contagious as they thought. But every time that a leper would come around, they would have to ring a bell to warn people, and they would have to say, unclean because a leper was an outcast in society, and people would literally walk on the other side of the street when a leper would come into town. They lived in entire colonies. Lepers had to live with one another and live together. And so even today, there is this taste in people's mouths for things eternal. There is this sense that there is more than what meets the eye. The Bible tells us that the things which we can see are temporal. They're temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. And so like this leper... The Bible says that first he came and he knelt. This was his posture and his position of honor. He was honoring Jesus. And this is the first core principle of the vision here at New Freedom Church, and that is one of honor. When we honor the Lord, we honor his word, we hold it in high esteem, but we also honor one another by honoring him. And the first thing that this leper did was he knelt before Jesus, and his posture was acknowledging the authority that Jesus had. And notice what else he did is he called him Lord. These words are powerful, and our words are powerful. Did you know that your words are like a rudder on a ship? They will direct your entire life from where you go. What are the words that you hear yourself saying? Are you self-deprecating, always putting yourself down, always thinking that you never can, that you never will? Well, then you're living a self-fulfilling prophecy. But this leper came and he said, Lord. He acknowledged the authority of Jesus. His words were powerful. Then he said this, if you are willing. Now, This is interesting to me because this leper really did not know the will of God on this matter. Just like last week I shared with you Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed he said, let this cup pass from me. He knew that eventually he was going to be betrayed and he was going to go to the cross, but he wasn't sure in that moment in that garden if this was the exact time or if there was going to be another moment, but he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So he wasn't completely clear on that night of the will of the Father for that to happen, but he said, I have a will. I would really rather not drink this cup. That's my will, but you have another plan. Well, Jesus didn't know maybe exactly in that moment, but this leper said, if it's your will to heal, then you can do it. He didn't know the will of God on the matter, but he found it out when Jesus said these words. What did Jesus say next? I am willing, be cleansed. So what Jesus is establishing was his will to heal this leper, He said, you can heal me, is what the leper said. So it wasn't a matter of the ability of God to do it. He just didn't know whether it was God's desire. Even an unbeliever can recognize that an all-powerful, almighty God can, is able to do something, but whether or not God will do it for them, now that's a whole other matter. And so in this demonstration of Jesus breaking through in this healing, This man asked for a healing and Jesus healed his body. But more than that, Jesus didn't just heal his body, he also made him clean. He said, I know you can heal me. And Jesus said, be thou cleansed. There's a difference between his healing and his cleansing. His healing meant that his physical body was restored, but his cleansing meant that he no longer had the social stigma of leprosy. He no longer was an outcast on the out fringes outside of society. In verse three, it says, then Jesus put out his hand he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And what we see here is that heaven invaded earth in the healing of this man to demonstrate that the Son of Man, the Son of God, has authority over sin and sickness. Now, that brings us to a, a, a really major question, and that is, when you pray for healing, does everybody get healed? And I would say, yes and no. <laughs> They don't all get healed exactly the way that I pray or I want them to be healed. When I pray for someone's healing, I always pray for God's healing, and I hope that it will be an instantaneous manifestation of their healing, just like happened in this story. But yet we know there are some other stories of healing, too, in the Bible where progressively people got better. So that can also be a form of healing, whether it be through doctors, whether it be through uh, uh, their their, uh, body just getting better, through its uh, own healing processes as a result of prayer. But then there is that third and that final healing when they stand before the presence of God. They may not get healed in the here and now the way that we hope, but they may go on to be with the Lord and be healed in their body and their spirit and forever be with the Lord. F.F. Bosworth says this, faith cannot exist where the will of God is not known. So what is the will of God? Well, Third John one two says, "I wish that above all things that you would prosper as your soul prospers." Second Peter uh, three and nine says that it is God's will that none should perish but all should come to the knowledge of truth. So as they come and get ready to close, I just want to encourage you that bringing heaven to earth isn't a mystical, magical thing of somehow always uh walking above the the clouds that that you're in some kind of perfection but it is simply allowing jesus to break into your world and your life and you bringing his name his character his nature with you everywhere you go proclaiming to people his goodness recognizing that there are opportunities that god wants to break through even for just a moment and he wants to bring healing to his people as his children We call him Father. We declare his kingdom come. As reflectors of the glory that God has put in our lives, we shine that light to others. And we pray with the disciples as they were being taught by Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is already a will of God established We have to tap into that. And we do that through his word. We do that by his spirit. And we become the people of God that are manifesting the work of God in our world. Let us pray. Father, today, I pray that you would manifest your glory among this earth. In our 21 days of prayer, that you would manifest yourself strong and mighty on behalf of the heirs of salvation. That you would come and show up and show off yourself in all of the earth. That you would use your Spirit to empower believers to go out and do these great exploits as you have called us to do, that we would not be bashful, but that we would be bold in our faith. We thank you for your promise that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, you will go with us even to the end. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone says... Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I just can't wait for next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Thank you for sharing on social media, and please subscribe. And if this message has impacted you in any way, would you just write a rating or review for us so we can reach even more people with this message? Your generosity really does make a difference. So to give, please go to newfc.org and click on the giving tab, or click on the link in the video description. We love you. We'll see you real soon.